all, welcome to the latest episode of NSPE Speaks, the only podcast produced especially for professional engineers by the National Society of Professional Engineers. I'm your host this time, Eva kaplan Leiserson, Senior Staff Writer and Content Editor, and I'm joined by our other regulars. Stacey Ober, Senior Manager of Public Relations and Outreach. Associate Editor, Danielle Boykin. Staff Writer, Taylor Wanbaugh. On this episode, we will have a special giveaway for one lucky listener. When you hear this noise... Make sure to note what story we were talking about. Email us at podcast at nspe.org with the details on the topic. The first person to email us with the correct information will win a $50 Amazon gift card and a $50 donation to Hurricane Harvey relief efforts in their name. And speaking of Hurricane Harvey and possibly Hurricane Irma, um, we just wanted to send our thoughts and Prayers out to those who have been affected, and uh, we have some information on the NSPE homepage about um, where to donate and uh, any of the information that is coming out about sort of the engineering side of the recovery and relief efforts. Okay, well, our uh, September episode is uh, timely for those who are teaching, anyone who has school-age kids like I do, um, and anyone who just wants to support the up-and-coming generations of engineers. So our theme this episode is Back to School. We have a lot of great content for you, but first let's recap what's been going on since our last episode. Yep, the first thing is we had the annual meeting, PECON 2017 in Atlanta, which was a huge success. Um, I think we had over 350 engineers and members there, and we enjoyed an awesome night at the aquarium as well as um, some of our key sessions. Uh, there was a really great one on the I-85 bridge collapse and um, sort of the engineering process of of fixing that and rebuilding that, which was really well attended. And then, of course, some awesome networking events. Always good to see members. Uh, a couple of fun facts. The member traveling the farthest to participate was Jeff Wheaton from Guam. Oh, wow. Guam. And, yeah. And the state with the most attendees, of course, it was the host state, Georgia, with 43, followed by Texas with 22 and Florida with 11. Uh, the photos from the conference are now available for viewing and downloading. Uh, there's an online, online gallery that was set up by our photographer, We'll have the link in the show notes if you haven't already seen those and kind of want to go through. And we'll go ahead and tell you to save the date for Pecan 18. It is going to be at in Las Vegas at Caesars Palace, July 17th through the 23rd, 2018. So that'll be an awesome event. Also wanted to recap uh, PE Day, which was held on August 2nd. Um, it's where PEs across the globe came together to celebrate. It was our second annual event and designed to increase awareness and appreciation of professional engineers. This mostly virtual event saw members, partner organizations, engineering firms, engineering schools, and even some of the general public recognizing and posting the hashtag license PE day across Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Uh, the interactions were really impressive. Thank you all so much um, for participating and posting. Great response, yeah. And uh, so I just wanted to share you know, brag a little bit, share a couple of our <laughs> cool statistics from the event. Uh, there were over 1,700 tweets with um, over 800 contributors, which was a 33% increase over the previous year, so we had more people participating. That's awesome. That's good. We had 691,000 total audience and 2.8 million impressions, and the impressions are the number of times the total audience may have seen the hashtag. So it's possible, I'm trying to do the math, but it looks like... Um, in this case, the audience may have seen the hashtag up to five to six times. So that was pretty saturated for that audience, yeah, which was good. Getting it in front of their eyes. Had lots of videos posted, of course, lots of photos, lots of images. 
Uh, same thing on Instagram. Um, we saw a 20% increase in the number of posts happening on that platform. Uh, Facebook, we did something cool this year where we had the little profile frame that you could put around your profile picture that says, I'm a professional engineer. And that was downloaded and used over 112 times. Um, and then hundreds of uses of the hashtag also on Facebook as well as LinkedIn. Uh, last year, LinkedIn didn't have the ability to post hashtags or wasn't like tracking them and now you can so there was actually a lot of conversation going on on that platform as well um, as you may know we had some of the graphics um, up on our website and our page and looks like we had in the month leading up to PE day over 10,000 people viewed the PE day page and we had over 5,000 downloads of the web graphics which included the logo and also over 600 downloads of the proclamation template that we had out there for people to use. So all in all, a very, very successful event. Um, we also had, like I said, proclamations from counties, cities, and states. And then we had a couple happy hours happening. Thanks, Texas. Um, <laughs> it's awesome, great pictures of that. And again, we had some also great participation from our other engineering societies, ASCE, AICHE, Discover E, IEEE USA, NCWS, uh, OSPE in Canada. They did an awesome blog about the day, uh, SPE, SWE. So all in all, like again, it was just an amazing event. We're looking forward to next year. Mark your calendars for Wednesday, August 1st of 2018. Yeah, it's just getting bigger and bigger. It's great. Yeah, we're yeah. going to come up with some some new ideas for next year. We'll start working on that. It was great this year just to see the diversity because there were so many different age groups that participated. I know one of the pictures I saw was of a PE with his grandkids. Um, mm -hmm. I saw a ton of pictures and tweets from people that are aspiring to be PEs and a lot of just people being able to communicate over social media and talk about licensure and all that sort of thing. Getting the word out about uh what PEs are and do and why they're important and that's that's great especially when there are so many threats to licensure as well. Yes. As and know. speaking of threats to licensure, <laughs> I'm just going to give you some news uh, on that um, those topics uh, especially on the federal level we've been doing a lot having a lot of advocacy activity um, for instance I'm sure some of you've seen our coverage on our website and NPE magazine about piping bill issues and SPE has sort of joined forces with engineering societies uh, to stop this issue on the federal level. Um, like I said, there is an effort to undermine the PE role in making final decisions about the correct type of piping to use um, when it comes to projects on our nation's water systems. And like I said, it started with the states, but now it's risen to the federal level. And so uh, there's actually a, a bill that uh, is in Congress uh, that sort of promotes open competition and it seeks to legislate technical decisions related to pipes and other materials that again the decision should be made by licensed engineers and local communities and so please stay tuned to see um, how that legislation is going to work down the pipeline but again we're just trying to get that to not even see the light of day. Also as you know NSP is the leading advocate on the need to place the public health safety and welfare first and is seeking requirements for PEs to play a key role and the development, testing, and safety certification of autonomous vehicles. Uh, so currently, uh, the society is pressing for the defeat of a bill that will allow automakers to deploy highly automated vehicles without first addressing the major safety, technological, and ethical implications. Uh, there's a bill 
called the Highly Automated Vehicle Testing and Deployment Act of 2017, which just passed in the House that the society is concerned about. And so, again, stay tuned uh, as we try to, again, um, make sure that PEs do have a role, key role in this plan to, you know, make automated vehicles safer um, as they, you know, this technology rolls out. And on the NSP website under issues and advocacy, and we can put a link in the show notes, we have a action on issues section and parts of that collects everything we've written about, about NSPE's work on autonomous vehicles and what's been going on for NSPE to protect the public in this area. Yeah, because it's been a lengthy um, fight. We've been involved from kind of the very beginning, so it's good to see that timeline of of activity and, and ways that you can hopefully help. Yes, everyone's excited about the new technology, but again, safety is definitely key. Yeah, and that's a, that's a key message that the NSP puts out there is that uh, uh, there's a lot of promise to this technology to help reduce accidents, but at the same time, we need to make sure that it's safe. So. Okay, well, moving to our back-to-school theme, um, we've got some interviews here for you with some folks. The first one is an interview that I did um, with our 2017 Engineering Education Excellence Award winner, try to say that five times fast, um, <laughs> Nadir Yilmaz, PE, FNSPE, and PhD. I included an interview with him in the September-October issue of PE Magazine, and I had to give him extra space, more than one page, because he does so much. He uh, is very busy and has his hands in a lot of things. But I wanted to catch up with him and talk a little bit more about some of his thoughts on particular issues. The Engineering Education Excellence Award is about connecting education to professional practice, and we talked about that for the PE Magazine article. Um, For this podcast, we dug deeper into one particular topic, which is very important to NSPE, which is promoting licensure to students and the younger generations. Um, He also talks some about licensure being under attack, and so why it's important to promote it um, to the students. Uh, One reason is because it is under attack, and some other key topics. So it was a great interview. He had a lot of really interesting things to say. And isn't he the new PEHE chair, which is our professional engineers in higher Higher education? education. Yep, he just became um, at our at our. PE conference, the the latest chair, he was the the vice chair, and he's got some great ideas about student chapters that he wants to implement with PEAG, Uh, so you'll hear him talking about that. Thanks, Nadir, for joining me today. Um, We interviewed you for the PE Magazine September-October issue. Wanted to go a little deeper on on some of these things. Uh, Sure. Uh, First of all, thank you for the invitation. Uh, I greatly appreciate this opportunity. Can you discuss some ways that you've helped to promote licensure to students and how you can, you're going to continue to do that? Uh, sure. I have done a tremendous amount of work promoting licensure, PE, FE exam, in fact, Order of the Engineer uh, for Professionalism and Ethics. And these are actually all uh, related to one another. You can't just take one and leave it, leave the rest. So... There are multiple uh, ways to do that. First of all, in um, I want to focus on classroom activity. Whenever I have a, a class to teach, during the semester, portion of the lecture is dedicated to life and what students should uh, be expected uh, and should expect to do. And um, as an engineer, I tell them the importance of FE exam, importance of professional engineering 
licensure, and again, importance of ethics. So these are classroom uh, activities. But beyond that, I just became uh, the chair of um, professional engineers in higher education uh, executive board uh, within NSPE. And uh, previously, I served as um, a vice chair for two years. And during my uh, tenure as vice chair, one of the tasks that I undertook was to come up with a proposal as to how we could promote NSP student chapters and what we need to do. So why is it important to have successful student chapters, successful NSP student chapters uh, at every university? The reason is licensure is under attack. So it means professional engineers are under attack. Yeah. Our profession is under attack. And this great society, which I consider Mm -hmm. a family, NSPE is under attack. Because of that, we have to uh, maintain this um, healthy membership. And it starts with young engineers, students, and also Again, related to NSP student chapters, if we have a healthy number of uh, NSP student chapters uh, in the United States, in each state, then those student chapters, students uh, would promote FE exam, professional engineering licensure, and also order of the engineer and other activities that NSPE uh, promotes. Because uh, faculty members individually cannot reach out to all students. But if we have an established system with student support at every university, then those chapters can actually uh, promote, again, licensure and order of the engineer. So we have a lot of work to do, but I think we are in the right direction. And um, But again, I want to say that we have to focus on NSP student chapters and reach out to these young engineers and students early on. And do you think generally without uh, student chapters, engineering students know about licensure? Do you, is it talked about enough, do you think, in engineering programs, or is there more that uh, faculty can do? I, I think there is a lack of communication. Recently, I was talking to a group of students about FE exam, and they didn't know anything about FE exam or mm-hmm. and the importance of PE license or anything in that regard. Because a lot of students do not get the message. And one way to do that is, again, faculty members can talk to them. We can establish NSP student chapters and uh, individually, but also we should reach out to engineering deans to promote uh, these activities for, for the sake of our profession. Yeah, that's great. And those are, those are all good things. And for members who may not be in education, are there ways that they can help promote uh, students to get licensed? Yes, they could. Those professional engineers, companies need licensed engineers. Mm-hmm. So... Actually, it is important for them to <laughs> promote uh, these activities. And they can sponsor NSPE activities. Mm-hmm. I think that's one uh, great way to do that. So that the NSPE can uh, use those resources, sponsorships, 
to reach out to more universities and professionals. They can come and give lectures at universities so that students learn and understand the importance of licensure at first hand from actual professionals, engineers. And uh, NSPE, as you know, consists of a group of uh, engineers, not just academicians. Uh, there are other executive boards within NSPE. Mm-hmm. So I encourage our colleagues, other engineers, to get involved in NSPE activities. First of all, become a member of NSPE and get involved because depending on their time commitment and interest, uh, there is always a position and opportunity uh, that NSP offers. Great. And that's a great closing thought, but anything else to add? Again, um, I want to make two points. Whether we are in academia or industry, we have an obligation to give back to our society and to profession. And all engineers, all citizens are obligated to do so. So I encourage my colleagues to get involved, my faculty members, professional engineers. And I ask them to uh, promote NSP activities among students and other professionals in companies as much as possible. Again, licensure is under attack. NSP is under attack. And our profession is under attack. And we have an obligation to protect our profession. And we cannot just let it go. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Yes, yes. And thank you for making that important point. So thanks so much for your time. And uh, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. That was such a great interview. I love listening to him. He's so passionate and energetic and um, some really great ideas. Great job. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, what he does with PEHE and uh, getting more students interested in licensure. That'll be great. Yeah. And speaking of students, uh, since our theme is focused on education, uh, you definitely can't overlook the importance of NSPE student chapters, enhancing educational experience of future engineers. And it's good, like, again, like Nadir is really passionate about that as well. Uh, these chapters throughout the country are providing a lot of leadership opportunities and often the first sort of experience or taste of what the profession can be like. And so um, we have members all over the country engaging with these budding professional engineers. And so in this particular segment, I wanted to highlight one of NSPE's newest student chapters uh, at Stony Brook University in New York, uh, which began hosting events and meetings during the 2015-2016 uh, academic year. And so I spoke with the chapter president, Christina Rajbahar about how the chapter is providing career development opportunities and connecting engineering students from all discipline areas together just because sometimes students get siloed so this is one way that they can connect and learn about uh, professional licensure so uh, let's take a listen. So can you please share details about your academic background and why you're interested in pursuing an engineering career? Uh, Well, I'm a senior uh, civil engineering major specializing in structural engineering at Stony Brook. And uh, my realization that I wanted to pursue engineering was more of a process. Um, Junior year of high school is when I decided, you know, that's kind of 
the path that I want to follow. But uh, after discussing with, like, family and teachers, that's actually when um, I started to vet out what specific field I wanted to go into. Uh, after freshman year of college, I came in as a BME major, but doing after doing some more research, decided civil was more the field that I was interested in. Okay. And what initially attracted you to to um, joining the NSPE SBU chapter? Um, so Antonio, our chapter's founding president, uh, told me he was starting this organization, and from the start, I wanted to be a part of it. Um, NSP is definitely a necessary organization on campus. We were definitely something we were missing because most of, if not all, engineering students that come in to Stony Brook don't know anything about the SE or the PE. They don't know anything about licensure. They don't even know that it's an option. And, and I didn't even know this either until um, I got involved with NSPE. And we're still a new organization on campus, but we're still, you know, we're working hard to establish the chapter with some good foundations so that future students can benefit. Okay. And how many members do you currently have uh, about now? Um, so we have about, let's say, 40 to 50 regular members that come to our events, okay. um, but it varies usually for each event. Okay. And and since you mentioned uh, the events that you have, what are some of the activities and events that your chapter uh, will be sponsoring this year or that you'll be participating in uh, this school year? Um, so for this upcoming semester, we have a few company information sessions that we have planned. So Praxair, National Grid, um, most importantly, we have NCEES, which for those who don't know, is the organization that administers the FE and the PE exams. And it's especially important event that we really want to focus on hosting every semester because that's really where students are hearing possibly for the first time about the process of professional licensure in detail, and they can ask all the questions they have about the process. Um, we also have, yeah, some fun events planned, too. Like, we have some general body meetings with some fun activities, icebreakers. Um, we have a Halloween-themed event coming up. These are more fun just to allow our members to interact with each other so that we can build our NSP community at Stony Brook. And um, yeah. how has participating in the student chapter uh, sort of enhanced your academic life and, and that of your peers? I know that you have lots of things you could be doing along with uh, going to class, but and, you know, how has this you know, added value to what uh, your experience? So um, being on any sort of executive board teaches responsibility, challenges your ability to stay on task and uh, teaches leadership. But being part of NSP personally, the way it has enhance my academic life is by allowing me to not only learn how to work on a team, but actually create something tangible and, like, create some, get something done. Like, the process of delegating tasks, planning the events for the semester, for the year. Um, we're trying to establish Engineers Week on campus, too. We had that. We tried last spring, and we're going to try again this spring to make it even better. Um the field of engineering, I think, you know, it's all about teamwork and it's a trade that needs to be practiced. And I feel like being a part of NSPE has allowed me and my other members, other executive members, to um, practice it. Okay. And and often we encourage our NSPE members 
especially those who are out in the field already, to reach out to engineering students and our student chapter members. And so any, um, have you had any engagement with some of our professional engineers and, and how um, you know, important is it that you do engage with, with engineers that have graduated, you know, got their license, and, and doing what you'd, you'd hopefully like to do at some point? Um, I mean, right now we don't have a lot of alumni because our chapter is new, but we we do um, value uh, professional development. We have a lot of events that give uh, students a chance to speak to professionals, especially professionals with PE, um, understand their field, see what's out there, and see the value in getting a professional license. Okay. And um, last but not least, do you have any words of advice for a young person who is in middle school or high school and considering a STEM career, you know, like I said, if you ran across someone, what would you sort of tell them about uh, the potential for this career? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would definitely say start early. Um, if you know, like if you're in middle school and high school and you know, like engineering is what you want to do, um, definitely start vetting it out, like what fields you want to focus on, do your research, talk to your teachers or family members. Um, if your school has, like, a robotics team, join it. Uh, if you have, like, an engineering or math and science program, like my high school did, then try to take those classes that they offer. Um, take AP Physics and AP Calc. Definitely a value for no matter what field of engineering you choose, you it will value. You, like, you'll probably get credits for it. It will help you out. Um, if possible, maybe try to get an internship. Um, that might be hard probably when you're in high school, get try and get an engineering internship. But some companies like having, you know, younger students come in because then they can teach them from a younger age, like, how their company works. Um, and also possibly look into some, like, magazines or engineering journals. Uh, that would definitely be a benefit as well. Okay. Well, like I said, we are going to keep tabs on what the SBU chapter is going to do in the future. And like I said, you're one of our newest uh, chapters. And like I said, we definitely look forward to to hearing more in the future about what you're going to do as an individual engineer and and just what your chapter is going to uh, do for uh, the university. So thank you so much Mm -hmm. for joining me. Thank you for having me. Great interview and uh, getting uh, students involved early in in their uh, education is important to, to help with the engineering pipeline. Uh, You can learn more about student chapters. We have some information on our website and uh, ways to get engaged. We'll put a link in the show notes. And now we're going to move to our newest segment with Taylor, which is Interesting Innovations. This segment is where I talk about an invention that is currently making headlines in the news. This episode's invention deals with a huge issue in the United States right now, the homeless population. In San Fernando Valley, which is located right outside of L.A., homelessness increased 36% to 7,094 people last year, according to the L.A. Homeless Services Agency's annual count. Um, There are two high school seniors, though, that are trying to combat this issue. Daniela Orozco... Sorry, I know Wanba is a difficult name to pronounce, and I probably butchered that. Um, and Veronica Gonzalez, and they wanted to offer homeless people something besides money. So the girls created a solar-powered tent that folds up into a rolling backpack. They had actually never done any hands-on engineering work before, but with a little help from YouTube, Google, and trial and error, they somehow managed to get it done. <laughs> and that included everything from coding, sewing, 3D printing, 
Um, they created this entire tent by themselves. It took the girls about a year to create their invention with the help of 10 of their classmates. Um, they actually won a $10,000 grant from the MIT program to help develop their invention. Um, this was all thanks to an educational program called DIY Girls, which is a nonprofit that teaches girls from low-income communities about engineering, math, and science. Um, it was founded in 2012, and originally there were only 35 girls that were involved in this program from one elementary school. But now there's over 650 girls from elementary schools, middle schools, and high schools in LA. Um, this kind of program, like we've talked about before, it's so important to get students involved at an early age, especially girls from low-income communities. Women only make up 29% of the science and engineering workforce, according to the National Science Board, and around 6% of female working scientists and engineers are Hispanic and Latina, so obviously very low percentage. Yeah, that is a, that sounds like a really cool program, and that's great. And uh, I have some statistics here from ASEE. They put out their Engineering by the Numbers report every year. So the last one in uh, 2016, bachelor's degrees among Hispanic students in engineering were only 10.7% in 2015. But it has been increasing since 2007. It was 6.2%. So it is growing. Um, I wrote in 2013 an article, Changing Faces, about how more Hispanics were graduating with engineering degrees, but there were still obstacles in, in their path. And I'll put a show note, put a link to that in the show notes as well. Uh, things like college readiness um, and affordability of higher education. Um, but this program sounds great to get students um, interested and um, them projects to do, and that invention that is really cool so. yeah can't wait to check that out yeah and it's good because like I said they get to solve a real life problem and, right and help mm-hmm. people and I think that definitely attracts younger in the hands-on people. aspect I yeah. think yeah. you know rather than just reading in a book or you know mm-hmm. learning about it from a teacher being able to do that hands-on project a lot of people learn better doing mm-hmm. that and especially great for engineering yeah and we know from studies that um, women in particular are attracted to engineering as a way to help people right so that's um that's a great way to to get them yes that actually reminds me of our nspe engine young engineer of the year who's an eit Erin wagner mm-hmm. and she said that she was motivated to go in engineering because she wanted to combine her two parents professions her father was an engineer and her mom was a nurse Oh, wow. So that kind of, you know, that aspect. She, again, wanted to do technical work, but also help people uh, in her engineering. So sounds great. And our last segment today, Engineering in Pop Culture, we're going to talk about some of the younger generations, even younger than um, students in college learning about engineering. We're going to talk about kids' books in STEM ones that we had talked about in the past, a series by Andrea Beatty. We mentioned that in the November podcast, and it's a great series. Uh, Rosie Revere, engineer, Iggy Peck, architect, and Ada Twist, scientist. Um, I actually took my daughter recently. There was a reading by Andrea Beatty uh, here in D.C., and she was a great reader. If you have a chance to um, check her out, take your kids or grandkids, um, and she did a great job reading um, Rosie Revere has actually been read on read in space. Um, they took it up, and uh, an astronaut read it on a video. So that wow. was pretty cool. That makes um, sense. <laughs> yeah, there's a program that uh, they take uh, books to space, um, and there's a lot of really good uh, uh, activities 
both on her website that people can um, access, and there's a new uh, project book that has come out for Rosie Revere. Um, but it's a good way to get younger kids, my daughter's five, um, picture books to really start the kids young getting interested in, in engineering. So um, these are some great ways to, to start planting the seed early. Definitely, and there's even some baby books. I was doing a little looking around and um, was looking at a Mighty Girl website, and they have a, a list of <clears throat> like engineering books, but also STEM. But then they do break it down just to engineering, and then they break it down by age. So there's actually some baby books out there uh, for up to ages two. One of them is called Baby Loves Aerospace Engineering. <laughs> that is so cool. Um, another one I saw was Baby Loves Quantum Physics, which um, I might have to actually read that, see if I can learn something. Um, but then they've also got the preschool and the elementary books, and Rosie Revere, of course, is mm -hmm. mentioned in there. It's a popular um, one. But they've got a bunch of other cool ones. There's a couple on here that I want to check out for my daughter. Um, so it's, it's nice to see that, you know, it's not just broken up into STEM that, that some of these sites are breaking it further down and saying, here's some engineering books for kids. For sure. Right. And if you're looking for ideas, the best uh, place to go now is there's a best STEMs, a STEM books list, which is a joint project of several organizations, uh, which includes the American Society for Engineering Education, the International Technology and Engineering Educators Association, the National Science Teachers Association, and the Society of Elementary Presidential Awardees. And so each year, uh, they're going to take nominations for books and then present a list. And so, you know, there's um, some really good books here that if you're looking to give a gift, if, um, if you don't have kids of your own, I'm always key about giving kids books because they need to read. I do that every birthday uh, yes. party for, <laughs> for my daughter's friends. I books, give books. books, books. Yeah. Yeah. And so some of the books um, on the list, The Most Magnificent, Magnificent Thing by Ashley Spires, a young girl engages in the engineering and design process as she struggles to create the most magnificent thing, which is not revealed until the end of the story. That's the one we That's what I wanted to check out. About. Yeah. yeah, I've been wanting to check that out for my and daughter. And then another title, for instance, uh, Fearless Flyer by Heather Lang. Uh, Ruth Law, 1916 biplane pilot, improves and redesigns flight equipment, daring to fly cross-country and setting a new long distance records so like I said that's a good list and so you can't really run out of you know good books to read um to give your own child or pass on to his mother and that reminded me one thing i was going to mention when i was looking through these i saw because you know we talked about hidden figures mm -hmm. um in a previous podcast there is actually a young readers edition of the book which i thought was pretty cool that's cool. i haven't actually checked it out to me see what makes it a young readers edition but it's it's being marketed that way so um, maybe they can get the story without having to read the full book or something, but um, I'm not sure what ages that's for, but I thought that was interesting. Yeah, that's great. And over the years, we've covered some other options in PE Magazine in our variables section, um, books about engineering for young readers, even a comic book um, that the Society of Women Engineers um, put out. I think, Danielle, you wrote about yeah, that. Yeah, I wrote about that. And it's a new character they have, and it's just interesting just because a lot of times when you see the of course, with books for young children, you need good graphics. Right. And then also you have, you know, there's some kids that are more interested in graphic novels and comic books. And so uh, the sweet uh, comic book is interesting. Yeah, you get a variety of well. types mm -hmm. of learners, visual mm -hmm. and uh, different uh, types of learners. So 
Um, we'll put some links um, in the show notes to, to all these options. You can check them out, give them as gifts, give them to your kids, grandkids, spread the word, get, yeah. the, get the pipeline, pipeline going. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that. And that's our episode today. Thanks for joining us for this back-to-school edition of NSPE Speaks. Don't forget to email us at podcasts, with an S, at nspe.org um, for where you heard that sound for a chance to win a $50 donation uh, for Hurricane Harvey relief efforts and a $50 Amazon gift card. And we look forward to catching you all in the next edition. Thanks, everyone. All right. Till next time. Oh, 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 oh,